0: here with Pastor Troy. We're on the dock here, ready to go for another great one. We have got a great time. I love that old song, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, the original song by Otis Redding. He wrote that two minutes and 36 seconds, real short song, had no second verse, only had the original chorus in the the verse. And we all know that he went to do a concert, flew off with his group to go do a concert. He got to the end of the first verse, Evelyn, the guy that wrote this song, Otis Redding, way back. he, He got to write this song, and then he whistled the second verse. So it's recorded as a whistle. If you ever hear the song on the radio, it's an old song. And uh, and they, they asked him when he got done, why'd you whistle? He said, well, I haven't written the second verse yet. So he said, well, by the way, we're, we're leaving for a concert when we get back from, they're going to do a show in Michigan. And so they got on a plane, flew to Michigan, did the concert on the way back, their plane crashed. They died, the whole crew. Otis died, never finished the song, but they had recorded in the studio, the first verse and the bridge and the whistle verse and the bridge. And it became an instant number one success sitting on the dock of the bay. So that's our own version. Our guys and some of our guys in the church recorded Ben Lucas recorded that Ben Lucas and who was that one? Uh, Brad Dustin. Dustin, Dustin Griffin. Yeah, recorded that incredible I asked them for a kind of a Memphis version, bluesy version. So they did it for us and it's fantastic. And this is our cottonwood table here. And we're all about this show is about sitting on the dock and sitting down and having conversations that will help propel people listening, help them help their faith get shot out into the deep. So, I mean, we're here with some people that have lived their lives very strong and in the deep. And we're gonna let them learn more and more about them as we go on. And we hope it encourages you. Uh, We want you to sit down have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a bottle of water, listen to the podcast. But when you're done, we wanna, inspire you to get out there and be about the things of God. So out of the shallows and into the deeps, our goal here, we're available on all kinds of platforms. Check that out. I know you found us. Whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes, those are our primary platforms. Uh, Of course, YouTube's video and audio, uh, Spotify and iTunes, audio only. Also on Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. And we'd love to hear your comments. Be nice. We always expect you to be nice, but we'd love to hear your dialogue about this on our five social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter and when you find us hit subscribe like notify tell other people about it and share your comments we'd love to have you as part of the on the dock community and also we have a patreon site go to my patreon if you download the app called patreon you can also go to our website on the doc.org and link over to it, as well as you can link over to all of our platform sites as well. We want you to go to Patreon and think about being one of our partners or sponsors in the show, we have four levels of partnership available, and three levels of sponsorship, go check those out and find out what it means to be a part of the on the doc family. And you can go to on the and find out all about all this stuff find all the links and connections there as well and you can if you just don't don't know how to do any of that stuff email us at info on the doc.org and we'll get somebody to help you out i've got on the set as always my incredible co-host and companion in life mother beth mother beth how you doing incredible 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 we're all exhausted we've had a very trying week i know evelyn's exhausted and there jerry is we're all exhausted but we're, we're all here and lucas is exhausted as well lucas is not on microphone but he is on set he's our techno wizard lucas you're doing well he's waving he'll have to shout questions we're still going to get him a microphone but we got him a camera so you look good he're, he's getting ready to go on vacation soon he's going to like super soccer right you're going to yeah, yeah, yeah you're going to be soccer he's a soccer nut in a football man's house he takes it well too he's got the better tv to watch the games on he has to get up to watch soccer you have to be you have to be serious he gets up early in the morning because those, those people in england are playing you know when we're asleep yeah so he's he's a loyal fan if i've ever seen it if i could ever get him to be a Steeler fan i mean he'd be saved <laughs> almost I, I am a Steelers fan yeah i, I thank you for yes. that i feel better about that and i'm a I'm just, your, I'm just not a, an American football fan. Yeah, yeah. You're just not <laughs> <laughs> he He likes it when they roll it on the ground. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. When I, when I when I got ready to do this series, Mother Beth, uh, I was kind of inspired by the concept of the parable of the talents. Matthew, it's in multiple versions, but Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, tells us of a thing called the parable of the talents. You ladies know that text very well. I'm going to introduce them in just a second, so just hang tight. Matthew 25, verse 21 and 23, they talk about people that had uh, you know five talents and three talents and one talent. And the one that had one, we know hit it did nothing with it, just kind of basically didn't even get interest, just kind of squandered it. But we know the one that had two, or one version says two, one says three, and, others, and then the number one guy had five, we know that those that had doubled it, and that at the end, they took away from the one that did nothing and gave it to the one that did the most with. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that it really kind of teaches us that God looks at what we have, and he expects with what we have to return at least something reasonable. I mean, he didn't even tell the one you're in trouble because you hit it he, or, or he, he said, you're in trouble because you hit it, but you could have at least got interest from the bank. So the person didn't even return a little bit of gain. You know, they lost just everything. But it says to the ones that took their talents and really invested them in the kingdom, he says these words in verse 21 and 23, and and here's the text I'll put it on the screen for us. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servants. You are faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord." And I love that concept that the well done, the, and it's a parable of a farmer, but Jesus is saying, when we use our talents well, God will be there to tell us well done in the end. And he'll also be there to evaluate if we squandered them. and 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 if you know anything about the one guy that didn't do anything with their talents the bible says they were put to where the place of the weeping and gnashing of teeth are so that's really bad but let's don't focus on the negative let's focus on the fact that there are people in the bible that you can just hear that you know they've given their lives i i've known many people that you can just see when you look at them well done and um when i i think of the people that i've invited to do this show with they're people that the moment i say their name beth i think well done I I know they're still here. I know you guys are still breathing. I just think these people do life well. They inspire me. And I, my desire uh, really about this, um, Lucas, was to get folks that have done this in my life on this show and on tape for God forbid, God would take you on an Elijah tour and you would disappear. And I need the Elishas out here. The Elishas that are listening, we want you to hear about the anointing because there's not whether it's Myron or whether it was Grandpa or whether it's these ladies or what's going to be Fred Bishop that's going to come. Every one of these people want nothing more than you to get a double portion. They would like to see you accelerate beyond them. We all have a dream that the kingdom would come and His will would be done. There's not a person I know that wouldn't want you to grab a hold of the things of God and and, and go much farther. And so I think everybody here is like a ramp. I mm-hmm. think that they, they've done life well, they've lived well, and we can learn from that, and hopefully it'll, it'll take you out of the shallows and into the deep. That's the theme of our show. So that's kinda why I picked it. Now, I wanna show you a picture. I don't know that Evelyn you know who this man is. Evelyn, do you know who this man is? No. I had no, okay. You probably know who this man is, no?
1: I know his face, I don't okay, know what okay. his name is. Well,
0: this is, uh, quote, the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> he is the most interesting man in the world. now that's what Dosecchi's beer commercial. He's the oh, spokesman that's What they claim. for yeah. D- Dosecki's beer says he said let me say this way, we're not promoting beer on the on the show, Brian but the commercial goes, um, I'm the most interesting man in the world, and I drink Dosecki's sometimes. He says sometimes though. I don't know why they make him say all the time but but for me, I don't care about the beer. But for me guys like myron and fred and 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 jerry and and evelyn and 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 the people we're gonna do other people will be introduced in the series to me y'all are some of the most interesting people in the world for me Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and if i want people to drink anything i want them to experience i just want them to experience christ through your lenses and, and let it challenge them to take whatever talents god's given them and and to see if they can make the same reproduction for the kingdom. If we could have this kind of reproduction in the kingdom with more people. I told them that when they came in, I said, if I had a room full of Jerry's and Evelyn's in our church, I'd stay home on Sunday. <laughs> the preacher would get lazy and stay home because they, I mean, we would be in great shape. I'd just say, y'all need to pray for me today. I'm staying home. But but, but, we got the most interesting man in the world. But I, I honestly, when I hear, when the Lord gave me this series to do, I, I had seen that commercial and I thought, heck with beer. I want to hear what the most interesting people in the world are for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and when you hear well done, and he says you're interesting, gosh, to me, uh, that's a lot better than what is this guy's name? Was it? I can't remember what his name was. He had a name. See, we don't, don't even, remember. We don't even care. Yeah. We don't care. But the point is, you know people can get fantasied about that and, and and what we need to get excited about is being god's man being being the man or woman after god's own heart in, in the bible it, it's something when the bible when, when when the lord calls david god's when god says he's my friend or abraham was a friend of god or or you know i love those lines in there where where it's acknowledged i love the line in in the book of acts um when they try to cast out the devils and it doesn't work yeah, and they and get beat up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, dev, the devil looks at the dude and says, uh, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who in the world are you? Let me just mm-hmm. tell you, God knows who these ladies are. <laughs> the devil knows who these <laughs> ladies are. He, they, they've knocked enough of his teeth out over time that uh, it, that's why we call him toothless because yeah. uh, people have been on him. So we're doing a series called Well Done. Lies was lived well after Matthew 25, 23. So I'm trying to get people in that that are in their in their older years, but they, they've lived good lives. And we have my grandfather in. he turned 100 this year. And we did him in the first part of this series. And, and that was really kind of cool because he's been faithful. I wouldn't be a Christian had they had him and Mamie not drug me to church. When they came down when I was a little boy, they went over and got me situated in a church across the street. It was a Presbyterian church. And my parents didn't go I went and after they left and got me set up, me and Todd went, I went to church by myself from preschool all the way to third grade. When we got to, when we got to Southern, uh, uh to, to Southeast Missouri, to Carothersville, my dad ended up going to church cause there was nothing else to do, but we went to the Presbyterian church because that's where doctors went. And so it was a social trend thing. And so I went to church there, but I didn't go to church there before my maid, the nanny that raised me actually said, Ms. uh, your boy's got a heart for Jesus. Can he go to church with me? And my mom said, well, sure. Cause I was busy and mom was like, mom's like, if you can get him out of the house for a few hours, I'll take it. And so, <laughs> so she picked me up on Sundays and mm-hmm. take me to Cottonwood Point M- Missionary Baptist Church, Black Baptist mm-hmm. on the other side of the levee, meaning it floods sometimes. And they started church about 10 o'clock and finished about six o'clock at night. And it included two meals. And I grew up in a little black Baptist church with preachers going all day long. So that's why when people say well, what is he like T.D. Jakes? I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my favorite preaching? Are you kidding me? And so I grew up that way. Then they made me go to the Presbyterian, they started feeling guilty and made me go to the Presbyterian church. You talk about frozen, chosen and boring that service lasted 50 minutes, and you thought it was 16 hours. <laughs> I played all kinds um. of games. But that mission battery, he would be, it was hopping, I'm telling you. So I wouldn't be who I am without them investing in me. Myron Filkins, another saint in our church, you guys all know Myron, man of God, just loves the Lord, just oozes the Lord. He's done all kinds of amazing things. We, we did a great show on him. And then we, we got a show coming up real soon. Matter of fact, uh, uh, me and uh, uh, Lucas are going to do a remote. We're going to have to go take our equipment for the first time and go do it because Fred's kind of locked into the area right now because his wife's uh, got, got some health issues and just everything. So we're going to do a remote, and we're going to go talk to Fred Bishop. We've had him on the show before, but for somebody for me, that's a well-done life. Mm-hmm. And uh, in studio for part three, and we'll get that next, we've got two of my favorite saints in the church, and the first is to our far right, is Jerry Barnett. Jerry, welcome to On the Dock. Thank you. Jerry and I go back to the very beginning of ministry. We're actually family. We've got family connections and all that. Uh, so, so, my great grandmother is Ruby. Grandma Ruby was I'm trying to figure out all the connections.
1: Well, uh, Jennifer's uncle, Walter. Je- Je- Walter right. married your aunt June.
0: Mm hmm. So we Jerry. got connection. And that's karma. that's the, well, Walter's from here, but yeah. I guess they got married in the days, this was here. before Karma, right? Oh yeah, a
1: long time before they,
0: that. Before they turned liberal and Winnie's? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Jerry and I have connections, but where we kept caught back up was when I first started ministry and, and Culp, she was just one of the spiritual leaders of that church. And then we just got really connected and she became she's Josh's godmother. I mean, we spent more time in their house after church when we were first started ministry than any place on the planet.
1: Yeah, had good times. Still
0: good. Our kids have all been potty trained on on, on seats that, that that her family made. They sleep under blankets. She's quilted. and uh, whether we were here, Georgia or t- Timbuktu, she has just stayed connected. Tracked
1: to us. you down. Tracked us down. I mean, <laughs> tracked us down. <laughs> I was really tracking Josh. Right? I know you were, but you've
0: loved them all just about <laughs> yes, the same. I, I mean, yep. you loved them all about the same. Yep. So we got Jerry on the show. We've also got across from me uh, one of the best prayer warriors I've ever seen Evelyn Jones Evelyn welcome to on the dock okay Evelyn I I've got a question I've never asked this question of you what happened to the other e in your name it's Evelyn there's there's e-v-l-y-n right
2: that's right
0: it's always but what happened to the other e
2: my mother left it out
0: I I just wanted to ask the question (laughs) I I, because because I always I people spell I I correct your name more from other people than you can shake a stick at. No, she doesn't have that. e. And they go, well, that's not right. I said, I
2: guarantee it's right.
0: You know, she's unique, you know?
2: My mother wanted it spelled that way, so and, I do And too. that's
0: how it was spelled. Now I had, to, the reason I asked the question, my grandpa uh, Don's brother, who is buried out in the Catholic cemetery, he may be in the, I can't remember if he's in the Catholic or the, oh, no, he's in, he's in, he's in, he's in the Heron Cemetery. Yeah, he's in the Heron of, Cemetery. He's spelled B-E-N E T O N E, and and they're sitting right near each other. It's one's B N E, one's B N I. And I asked Grandpa years ago, well, "What's the difference? What happened? He, are we family?" He says, "Oh yeah, we're family." But he he couldn't read or spell. And when he went to World War One or whenever when in the war, they typed it that way. And he came out with benefits that way. And he saw no fit to change it and had no money to change it. So that's how he was buried. Yeah. yeah. And so so he had the same name as we have. It's spelled different, and it's all because some clerk in the war hit one key wrong. Right. <laughs> and he signed it not knowing what it said. So I just want to make sure that you, you didn't get ripped off like at the war.
2: It's, it's the, it was intentional. It's intentional. It's intentional. It's well,
0: no, it's original. You're original. You're unique. I
2: think it was misspelled on the birth certificate, but my mother spelled it the way she wanted it spelled. She got it way she's done it. Praise mm. God.
0: Well, we're glad to have you guys here in the studio with us. You are certainly uh, illustrations of well done and Beth and I we are inspired by you guys. So so let's start like this. We'll, we'll, we'll go this way. Evelyn, tell us tell us, where do you come from? Where's your birthplace? Kind of? Where do you hail from? Where where did you start as a little as a little grasshopper?
2: I grew up on a farm. East of Ina, which is about halfway between Benton and Mount Vernon.
0: Really? So you're a northerner? Did you still like the Cardinals there?
2: It's not that far north it's
0: not that far north we always ask people we know you're not in st louis it's between susser and mount vernon oh so she's still cardinals land okay (laughs) you grew up on the farm did did your dad did did your family listen to the cardinals baseball in those days
2: cardinal is a bird to me
0: She is an incredible, she cares for our prayer garden. She is an outdoors. She is a, I would have expected nothing other than you to say, a cardinal is a beautiful bird. Yeah, that is so, that is so elegant. So you grew up near Ina on farm. What kind of farm? Just general farming? Uh,
2: it would be a small farm. It would be a small farm today.
0: But everybody's standards. farms were small back in those days, weren't they? My
2: my dad and mother started out with a cow and some pigs. No, maybe they didn't even have the cow yet and they both came from what would be termed dysfunctional fax wow excuse me dysfunctional Mm. families families. so that's not a
0: new a dysfunctional family is not a new thing there were dysfunctional families years ago
2: right oh yeah yeah my my dad's mother died when he was 10 in a house fire in a house fire Mm. my parents my mother's parents uh, did not see eye to eye so much that they parted ways when Mm. my mother was about eight it was a terrible disgrace in those days. Right. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. But they they came to know the Lord very strongly and decided they would build their lives together. That's great. That's wonderful. Praise God. On God and in the church. And so I so how growing. how what, what when do
0: you remember going were you going to church as a child, as an infant? Were they I, already in the church by the time you came there along? There's a
2: picture of me when I was probably not more than a week old a church in my mother's arms
0: so have you ever run off and joined a circus or run off and become a liberal or run off and become a pagan i didn't need to you didn't need to so <laughs> so you've pretty much grown up in the admonition of the lord most of your life that you recognize
2: i, I came to the lord when i was 12 uh, two days before i was 12. and then college was a challenge Mm-hmm I, my image of God was way too little. So when I got mm-hmm. into astronomy class, it just blew me out of the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I determined that he would be right. I must be wrong. Right. So I, Where did you go to college? I just, SIU. Oh, you went to SIU, very cool. <laughs>
0: and and what did you major in?
2: Art education. Art oh. education, golly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I did not use it um, I met Alan. You met Alan? Uh, so yeah. you
0: so you met your husband. He he he's just recently when Alan passed away how, how much it wasn't it just March first. March first, yeah, March first. He went to be with the Lord. Alan had a great love for the Lord. Very educated gentleman. Golly. So did you meet him did at school? Did you meet him at
2: school? Mm-hmm. He grew up in Benton, but we didn't meet each other. Was he a farm a kid?
0: Was he a, was no, he, no. so he was more of a city kid.
2: His, his dad sold Nabisco cookies, but huh. his, I think, grew up in the mining community okay. of Ziegler. Yeah, Ziegler. Exactly. Oh, okay. Alan's grandfather started the First Baptist Church in Ziegler. I got you. I got you. Wow.
0: And but, Island, what did he, what did he take at SIU? He's a math major. So. Alan was highly educated. High, I mean, you could tell very you can have a great conversation with him. So you guys were great. He during during his latter reign here, he would just come out and hang out with you while you'd work on the prayer garden. He he, he, he stayed intent on that. She has a beautiful prayer garden on the ground here at Community Faith Church. It's just amazing. Amazing.
2: He is a sweet man.
0: Absolutely sweet man. And I can see you guys college college loves. <laughs> God what year did you go when, when did you meet? What year did y'all meet in college?
2: Um Probably the first year, I was working um, with VSU people, Baptist Student Union, on a some sort of a display for a new student week to encourage kids to come to the Baptist Student Union uh-huh. mm-hmm. and we were pondering on how to make something move, and Alan came by and pondered it and so he He went back and found an old erector set, or maybe we had another day. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Anyway, he made it move. (laughs) About what year was
0: that? About what time frame? That would have
2: been 1957. 1957.
0: That's a good year. Hmm.
2: No, I might be wrong. No, that's... (laughs) <laughs> that's ancient history. Well, I know, I but noticed. we want to know. We want to, we want to, our minds got to know. have to think. So you guys I, met at college. That, that's not right. And,
0: and was he already, he was already a believer at that point in time as well, yeah. even in the Baptist church, because obviously his dad with the church. So you've grown up on both sides of your family with that. And, and it's we just have, amazing.
2: We have a good legacy. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> I, I have to back up, retract. Go ahead. No, go ahead and retract. I've, that would have been four years sooner because we were married in 1957 okay so you're married so that would have been four years before that
0: did it take you four years to decide whether you liked him or not or
2: we didn't really see each other that much then until um get school finished junior year they Mm -hmm. did um what they call those spring youth revivals Hmm. so we both were sent on the same revival team. Well, um, uh, 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 then you got to know. Well, each other I, the better. fact
0: is, an art education major would almost never see a math major in classes. You know, right. the classes would be quite different for that. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so that gives you a little bit of core of your background. That, that's partly why you 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 seem to have a tireless ethic of being able to work yourself to death. Is because you grew up on a, on a small farm, and I guess you started at an early age. Just.
2: We just were taught to like to work. And,
0: <laughs> I like it, taught to like to work.
2: And my mom could make work fun. Mm. My brother and sisters still agree. She could still make work fun. Mm. And we now, we didn't learn how to do that.
1: So. Well, let's get to
0: our second guess and we're gonna come back and go deeper. Jerry, okay, Jerry, give us a little bit of your origin. Where did you grow up? Where'd you start at?
1: Well, I started in Chittyville, same place as your dad.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Not too far from there.
1: Just right north of Heron. That's, I was the oldest of four kids. And, uh, my dad was a grave digger. He worked hard all his life and we're like Evelyn hard work to me is not hard work. It's fun. It keeps you in shape, keeps your heart going. And when you're working in the yard or working in the field, you got lots of time to pray.
0: Neither one of these women are adverse to, to, to hot temperatures they've had to come accustomed to, to like this room's cool right now and, and and like evelyn doesn't even normally have air conditioner around her so uh, and you, you can handle heat I, I you probably like it less these days
2: yeah
1: but i can if i have to I you can take it yeah
0: so you grew up you you grew up in chittyville and, and with with kids your, your dad's hardworking when did you get connected when when did when did you get into the faith community in church
1: well in high school when i was dating me and Kim went to church you know we dated and um, my parents never went to church my grandparents i only had one set of grandparents on my mother's side my dad's mother and dad they were all christians on the mccarg side right. and but they died when he was 17 before i was ever born so i oh. never knew any of them but my parents never went to church they were good people we hard working taught not to steal and not to lie and cheat and, you know all that my grandparents never went to church and then Actually, I went to church a little bit off and on, but, uh, I said, I've never seen them read a Bible. We had my grandma Carg's Bible at the house. I've got it today. But, uh, when I really got serious with the Lord, I was about 26 years old and I had a daughter and I wanted her raised right, you know, and I had been in church and just the Lord has spoke to me all my life and showed me things and told me things, you know, but when I got saved and my cousin got saved, all my cousins in my generation got saved and then
2: really? all of our
1: parents got saved. It was like wow. it went backwards. It went backwards. So hers went forward, yours went backwards. My mother and dad got saved and baptized at the church at Culp. And uh, my grandma and grandpa at the church at Culp. They've all got pictures all of them in that cross that cross, you know. Yeah. So they and my aunts and uncles all of The cross of them.
0: from that church is sitting in our church today. Right. Yeah, it's special. Yeah.
1: But uh, Yeah, we kind of went about it backwards, you know,
0: that's interesting, but you got there, you got there, you got there, rooted and grounded. I mean, fantastic.
1: And then and then okay, so
0: so let's go back to Evelyn for a minute. Evelyn, what what have you done most of your life? What's what what have been what are the different things you've done as far as occupations? Did you go did you go to Vietnam? You didn't go to Vietnam. Myron went to Vietnam. You didn't go to Vietnam. Did did you go to Korea? You didn't go to Korea. Tell me what, what what have you done the bulk of your life? What have what have been some of your main focuses and and things you've enjoyed
2: well al and i agreed i would be a stay-at-home mom i love it so that's what i did and we started out in a trailer and moved to our second trailer first one was eight by 30 eight by 30 wow it was a travel trailer yeah that's
0: like the size of a room (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah that's that's One of your rooms.
2: It got got kind of small by the time Eric came along. It got small. (laughs) uh, When
0: you're in your honeymoon period, 8 by 30 is plenty of space. When you start having kids, it gets real small.
2: (laughs) So then we got a a huge 10 by 50.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're talking
2: about there. And we lived in that for the next 30 years. Wow. However, along the way, we moved it out to where we are now. Our third son was on the way. We moved out to a 40-acre field in June. He was born in November. Our 10 by 50 trailer managed to navigate the hill and, and got set up and we sort of roughed it wow. until we got set up. And after a couple of years, we started to build a basement and that was extremely challenging for I bet. getting a trailer on top of a basement. Without. So you built
0: the basement and then set the trailer on top of it? Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting.
2: I'm sure those guys had nightmares over it. Because I bet. So <laughs> <before>. <laughs> the uh, basement had a space of about two feet between the walls and the, and the dirt, and the fellow who did the brickwork, block blockwork, said don't, don't put any fill in until you get some weight on it. So it was yeah they put rollers on it and did it were you praying the whole time <laughs> just a little bit i especially was after i came around to the end of the trailer and they were all standing at the same spot way like this oh, trying to <laughs> keep it from tipping oh, oh.
0: somehow they
2: got it on and it sat there very securely and we got to fill in and i didn't have to worry about my toddler falling down in that the oh, whole yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crevice so that went on and eventually we built a porch on the front and an entry room and that stood us in good stead and by the time our first two were in ready for high school and they'd been helping build all along so they they got to each help build their own room that's on the really backside. Cool. So our, Very cool our house was done in stages piecemeal as the
0: house as the family grew the house kind of grew with it
2: and sounds like
0: it started like that from the beginning
2: all the way so it's not something i would recommend but yeah. it was an interesting adventure i'm not sure it ever got finished <laughs> <laughs> but we did uh, eventually get a real house and the trader went away.
0: Now, you can see that 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 everything's come by hard work and intention and just one step at a time precept upon precept. Yeah.
2: But we ended up without any debt. So that's yeah. pretty. praise God.
0: And, and that's unheard of today. I mean, today people, people are able to carry debt that is un unamazing, uh, not, uh, unbelievable is the word today. And I think that's what causes so much strain in young marriages and young couples today is they go out and buy the house and they got this car and that car. And a lot of people are carrying uh, a college debt. That's just just choking. And I think that's, t- I think a lot of marriages put themselves in the in the firing range, right off the bat with just a level of debt and mortgage that they're un- under and rather than able to breathe. Maybe they live nice, but you can live nice in the sense of having space and stuff, but not be able to enjoy any of the nice living.
2: Yeah, I think our boys still they grew up poor.
0: You think and they think do too? Not
2: you know, having any debt. was not too meaningful. You know, our kids yeah. do too.
0: Sometimes they'll yeah. say, "Well, I didn't have this or that." Or we heard uh, Heather one time say, "Well, you know, we had it tough like this." And I'm saying, "I'm saying, name one time you didn't have clothes or shoes. Whether we bought it or Grandma Donna bought it, somebody got everything. You was there, tell me what you went without." And, and then when you ask them that question, they go, well, I can't really think of anything. Yeah. But everybody kind of thinks of what the other person maybe had on the other side of the hill. It must have been easier. I think everybody has challenges whether you do it like you did as you can go or you just overload yourself with debt and you sweat it out trying to figure out how to pay the bank a bunch of interest. I think both people end up, well, they end up having to earn their way out of it.
2: We do have to mention that student debts were it, not what they were whenever we graduated. No, no, right. I bet. I, was so, it
0: much more reasonable to go to school in those days? Now it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, We didn't, we didn't struggle with student Yeah. Debt.
0: Our son, our son, mm-hmm. Caleb did pharmacy school and it's a hundred, it, it's, it's, it's huge
2: by the time it's huge, our son, our second son and his wife were, they went to, he went to Indiana university cause he's interested in music and uh, he and his wife married after they had finished and both of them then were teaching. And I think in the first year they had paid off their debt and had another car, a used one. Right. But mm-hmm. Yeah, they... and you can front load or back
0: load it. I think it makes a big difference. I The, the debt level, you can spend 24 to $36,000 per year to go to school now in places. For people racking coming out of $150,000, $200,000 in debt and and just getting a basic education And to be honest with you a lot of college education today is just not worth
2: what it's worth. Then you can't find a job. You can't find yeah, a
0: job, yeah. and it's yeah. really tough. Right. Jerry, tell us a little bit about your stuff. Your what did you do in the middle? of All that, you know you you, you started young. But tell us about where you lived, what you kind of did, and those kind of things.
1: Well, I got married and moved to Carterville. I fixed hair, hairdresser for twenty eight years.
0: Right, working with your hands and
1: standing up all day long. All day long, <laughs>
0: yeah. talking to having to talk to shop with people while you cut their hair. Right?
1: Yeah. And then after, I worked there for 28 years, and then changed jobs and went to General Dynamics, where I worked out there for 22 years.
0: And making what?
1: Ammunition for the government.
0: I mean, she In made serious countries. ammunition. Well, I mean, what, what kind of round? big rounds? Yeah, like yeah. like like how would sir type rounds, like big millimeter. I mean, shoot
1: them out of Black Hawk.
0: Off. Yeah, yeah, Black Hawk oh. helicopter. She makes major bullet, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> major bullets.
1: And then we tore down a lot of ammo from from World War II that.
0: You come back and what, what do oh, they do? Really?
1: Do they reclaim the powder or just reclaim the br- brass or the brass and uh, they no the powder was no good. It's you. no good it's, anymore. Yeah, so that's it come, amazing. It comes back here and they disassemble it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. this similar one. wow huh. so she bullet ma- from hairdresser to bullet, bullet maker, maker yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and then, and then you then, then you end up marrying a bullet bullet repair a gun repair a you know, gunsmith bill yeah, yeah. Uh, who's with the lord now too bill yes. bill her her husband who passed away just recently when, when did he pass away
1: october 2020 october
0: so both of you've lost your husbands in the last year golly gosh i, I let me tell you, tell you uh alan man of god just loves the lord bill Man of God, got a got a. He was the head. He's he was the head of my security here. When we when things got tense in the world and and they they threatened to shoot pastors, Bill stepped up and was the head of security. And the one thing I I miss about Bill is I knew there was a man at the door that would take a bullet for everybody in our church. And and he looked at me one day he says, "I will not let something happen to you." And uh, and I I I know we've got good men at the door and stuff today, but but. I had no doubt that that man could hold his like, cause he'd been fixing bullets. He worked out there too, didn't he? Yeah. So he worked around bullets.
1: Yeah, but he was a gunsmith for about 35 years.
0: And, and not only is he a gunsmith, he, <laughs> he's a, one of the best gunsmiths in the region. I mean, so here's what's cool about it is, I didn't know Bill when I was in my younger days before I went off and came back. So when I was at Energy years ago, we were out a few years later, I was back from seminary and I met Scott Pribble and and a couple of those guys and we went out to our farm and we rabbit hunted one day and we were crawling around in the snow and under things. And I, somewhere in the process, I put my gun barrel down on the ground, and I must have shoved some ice into it pretty deep because I got down to go under a fence, and I didn't know it. And 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 a dog took off. Uh, the dog was after a rabbit. And a rabbit cut across a field, and I saw the rabbit. And I swung on the rabbit. I saw. I, saw, I think it was Scotty Pribble going yeah. to shoot. Yeah. It was Scotty. Who was the other person? Dewey, Dewey Smith. Dewey Smith. In. Dewey yeah. Smith was yeah. out there. Yeah. I don't think Dewey was shooting. I think Dewey. I, I I can't remember who was shooting. Was Scott or Dewey? But two of us put on that rabbit. I mean, it was like, boom, and the rabbit rolled. And I said, the first thing I said is, I got him. So I was cl- laying claim to the rabbit because, number one, Grandma Mamie wanted it, and they ate the rabbit. So I took him home, and, and I heard Dewey Smith start laughing at me. He said, you ain't getting nothing. I said, I got that rabbit. you ever seen me miss? He says look at your gun i looked at my gun and it looked like elmer fudd it looked like a cartoon character it would peel back like a banana six ways two inches deep and i looked down and my shot was all sitting on the ground where it had just dribbled down on the ground now first of all i'm lucky i have my face yeah right. because a little bit deeper that thing would have been like a grenade you know yeah. and so i didn't know what to do my gun it was much it's my favorite gun and and I, Dewey just said, here, I'll take it. Don't worry about it, Pastor. And about a couple of weeks later, he comes showing back up with my gun. And my gun's fixed. It's got a sight on it. I went out and shot it. Shot pretty good. Shorter. I said, I said what, what, what'd you do to it? He said, well, it's a little shorter. I wouldn't skeet shoot with it. But it's more enough for what you can shoot rabbits with. And, and, he had, and, and, and I didn't know it was Bill who had cut that off and done it. So mm-hmm. years later, I met Bill, and I was telling the story about that. He said, yeah, I'm the guy who fixed your gun. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, it's open choke now. Your yes. choke shouldn't off. shot off. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. when, so when Bill passed, I had a gun that jammed up. I was out shooting with a group, and my gun jammed up and i called three places to see if i could get my gun repaired and every place i called they said well the person i'd take it to he just passed i said well i know i did his funeral yeah. i said well who else they said we don't have anybody else eventually i got to somebody who was a friend of his that ended up fixing the gun for me that brother yeah. shoots for 40- bart bart and bart said well you had the best there was but i am good at 45s yeah. so bill was a special we miss bill
1: and He prayed over a lot of them guns. The Lord showed him how to fix a lot of them guns. I said, those gunners, we called them, would not believe that. But he'd wrestle a gun for two or three days. And he said, I prayed all night over that gun. And he, one time he had one sitting in the vice on the workbench he'd wrestled with it and wrestled with it and we prayed over it. He went out the next morning. He said, as soon as he opened the door to that shop and looked at that gun and that vice, he knew instantly what was wrong with it. The Lord showed mm-hmm. him this right away. And that happened a lot,
0: but I yeah. collect, I collect older guns. And when I get older guns, Beth would say, I said, I don't think I'm going to fire this gun. She says, she would tell me you're not firing that gun until Bill looks at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I come dragging Billy's old guns. I mean, old guns, old stagecoach guns I'm talking about from gun smoke. I'm talking about old guns. And I have old Winchester, 1873 Winchester, like first edition. Very good gun. And I got it. I thought, I really I need to know if it shoots. And I give it to Bill. Bill says, Well, I'll shoot it. He looked it over and shoot it. And a couple have handed him, he said, Don't shoot that. (laughs) (laughs) He said, But he shot he shot shot shotguns. He shot he shot that eighteen seventy three. I mean, I mean he knew his way around weaponry.
1: He said, I wish Troy quit buying junk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He said, keep buying this old stuff I said, "Bill." It's the old stuff that's worth the money. I'm buying it for an investment. And he says, he says, so I try not to shoot him again, but I can tell him it's been shot by a gunsmith. (laughs) (laughs) He shot that, but it's amazing uh, what God has done in your life. It's kind of interesting. You guys got two different paths. Now Mm -hmm. we're going to wrap up part one, but we're going to keep going. So we're not going to stop. But, but I just want to know in part one, as we kind of wrap up, where's, I mean, your relationship with God, Evelyn and, and Jerry. you think about this, I mean, how, how would you define it for your life? If you were saying what God is in your relationship with Christ to use? How would you tell somebody else listening for the first time that, that this is who he is to me? Or this is what he means to me? You know, for me, he's the rock on Christ a solid rock for me. And as I said Sunday, I was preaching Sunday that, you know, you can you can put a foundation on a slab, but it's only as good as what you anchor it down in. And so you got to anchor it in the veil. So you got to get in the word and you can be on the rock, but not even fastened to the rock. And my point is, I want to be on the rock and I want to be deeply fastened to it. So that that's how I tell somebody about it. How would you share your perception of a relationship with God and what it means to you? I'll go, who wants to go first? Evelyn, you're up. No, we can go, Jerry, it doesn't matter. This is going to be a good wrap-up question for part one. So. I,
2: I was pondering. I think when we first meet Christ, especially as a child, we really don't understand even a pinch of who he is. Right. right. It's a growing relationship. Mm-hmm. By the time my kids were nearly all in school, so Neil would have been eight or so. Alan took a job as a music director down at Vienna, in addition to the work at the university. And by then he was an editor in the central publications and it changed names, but he, he grew with that as the computer uh, usage developed. But he was music director at Vienna for eight years Sometime during that time, I was really questioning, is there any difference between my life and my unsafe friend down the road? Um, How would anybody know? I couldn't really think of anything that would make me significantly different. Different. That's good. And I was troubled, so I was seeking the Lord. And at some point, <clears throat> there was a a camp the Baptist Church sponsored in conjunction with the Methodists who were doing Lay Witness missions. You may remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, so the Methodists came, and they had been out to a conference on the Holy Spirit out west, which I found to be very intriguing.
0: Zeus Street,
2: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So I asked if they would share in between the sessions for those who were interested in knowing more about the Holy Spirit. Mm. And they would be happy to. Of the whole camp, there were three of us, the pastor's wife, another friend named Ruby, and a a Smith, and then me, Jones. And there we Uh. were with all of these eight people from the lay witness mission a large group of chairs around <laughs> and I I was asking them things I wanted to know but at some point I remember saying and would you pray for me and my husband And I kind of slid down on the grass on my knees and I remember three things happening simultaneously one of the men shouted another one said he's here Someone else was praying. But the sun began to burn to the top of my head, I thought. And it just kept burning all the way through down to my toes. <sighs> yes. And I remember beginning to weep when I knelt. And then <laughs> when I opened my eyes just a minute or two later, I was going like this.
0: <laughs> you just yielded totally. I
2: had my arms up and I was laughing out loud. Later on, my pastor looked me up. He said, what happened to you? I said, I don't know. I don't know. But I felt like I've been washed out with love. Wow! And it's probably the best definition yet. I didn't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was, but the Lord was gracious. That had I not been sure I had been saved I was under strong conviction when I was 11 I would have thought I just got saved but mm-hmm. it really radically changed my life
0: and it was yeah. almost a second, a second movement as very, much. About you, yeah. very much so.
2: and that began a thirst for the word and the old hymns became very rich mm. so full of meaning and I had already been pondering how to study the Bible with other people. So I read Gladys Hunt's book, It's Alive. It's a little bitty, thin book. And from that- Who's Gladys what? Hunt, Hunt, H-U-N-T, H-U-N-T. And-
0: uh, It is alive.
2: It's probably out of print a long time ago. That would have been in the early 70s. I think. <laughs> So I called an unsaved neighbor, and I said, so Doris, how would you uh, start a Bible study if if you uh, were in my situation? Well, honey, she said, I just called some people up. <laughs> and that's how you go. So, unsaved neighbor. An unsaved neighbor. She lived to be 102. But she did not come to know the Lord until she was in her 50s, and it was after coming into this Bible study. That's Uh great. Praise Uh God. Uh Wow. It was
0: amazing.
1: That's incredible. interesting
2: what the Lord can do. So for the next 47 years, maybe, every Tuesday, we did Bible study.
0: And so is that where this Tuesday Bible study that you've been leading comes out of? Uh Wow.
2: Wow! Wow! It was. Well, and we're going to talk
0: a lot more about that in the next yeah. in the next round. Hold that for there, Jerry. G- give us your your piece on that as we wrap up this first piece. You, wh- who's God? Do you how, how is that developer? How would you describe that?
1: Well, when I got saved, I'm I got saved really by myself in the middle of the night at home in the living room, pitch dark, you know, and the light of the Lord just shined down on me and changed me inside and out, you know. That's
2: what happened. And then the
1: I, I got that. Real hunger and thirst for the Lord, and 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 you know, and I wanted to go to church, and I'd stay up half the night and read my Bible, and I studied and I studied and just, you know, and when you're saved, you ought to hunger for the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a newborn baby, a, a new spiritual birth. You got to feed that baby to get yeah, that baby strong. Right. Yeah. And, and and people that get saved and don't want to go to church. I don't understand that.
0: Yeah, if you ever listen to our church on Sunday or Wednesday night, and you hear me say, "Now, what was that text we read this morning uh, that we read in our devotion?" Can you tell me? And you'll hear somebody in the back shout out, "Yeah!" And that's me talking to Jerry because Jerry and I are always on the same Bible reading pattern. <laughs> and I know she read it, and so she'll give me the answer to help me remember what I read that morning. Because you're in the Word. I mean, you're in there. You know the story.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the words, what is you know, it's it's the wisdom. It's the knowledge. It's it's. It's everything. It's yeah. it's our health, and you know. And, and I know one thing: Jesus and the Bible has answered all our problems. I don't care what they are, you know. And if you look hard enough, you can find the answer. And you, you got to put Him first. Yeah, He's brought me through a lot of little fires and big fires and tests and trials, and always good. He's yeah. always been with me. He He's never left me. I can't say the same for Him. I've left Him a few times in the dust, you know. Yeah, yeah. and paid the price. And uh, but uh, he's always delivered me, a- and and I told you that none of my other gen, older generation was saved. My mother, my dad, my gra- my aunts and uncles, which was like my mothers to me, you know. And my cousin from Connecticut had get- just got saved. He's a year older than me. And this was in the 70s, uh, probably in the Jesus movement, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And he got saved. Well, he got filled with the Holy Ghost, oh, my. you know. And I didn't know that there'd be one, no. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh,
0: that's what he, the, that's what they said after <laughs> Apollos come. Paul said, "Apollos yeah. in the Bible said, I didn't know that there was a Holy Ghost." Right.
1: Well, that's right. And and he would have he'd call in all the aunts. He'd come home for a visit, and we'd all meet at his mother's house, which is my aunt. We'd have, and he he was he's smart, and he we would talk about the Bible. But he had a glow. I mean, he was he had something, you know. He had I, something. I, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted. So I, I again, uh, months later, after I got saved, I was in the family room on my knees about three or four o'clock in the morning pitch dark in there and i started praying and i said lord i don't know what michael's got but i want it because he had the glory of the lord just all over him and and was a powerful witness Mm -hmm. and that same light shined on me again and that's when i got filled with the spirit and i thought oh my lord what have i done (laughs) what what have i done (laughs) and you know and then the next morning when i got up and opened my bible i seen in acts chapter one verse eight probably and uh, after they received the Holy Spirit, there'd be power to be a witness, you know? Uh-huh. And that's what I was praying yeah. for, a power to be a witness, you know? Okay, then I knew what I got, you know? That's incredible. But,
0: what, it, what you're hearing from these ladies is exactly what we see in their lives in that transition. And so I, this first part has just been incredible, incredible. So just just amazing what you're sharing. And we're going to get much deeper into this. And, and I just can't wait for these next questions. So you, you don't want to miss it. Stay with us in that.